What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick, and today I'm joined with a very special guest, Jared Johnson of NBC Sports Edge, and we're going to be talking about the 20-4 and start to the Golden State Warriors and how Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins have both been very key contributors to this incredible start. The status of James Wiseman, and finally, some trade rumors linked between the Golden State Warriors and the Indiana Pacers. So, without any further ado, let's jump right into it. Hey, what's up, Jared? Hey, Sam. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to uh, come and talk some Golden State Warriors. It's always a pleasure to talk my Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) So, Warriors currently sitting in first place in the league, first in the West, 20 and four, first in defensive rating, third in offensive rating. They're doing pretty good. I want to get um, some quick takes for some quick takes, takeaways from you on this, you know, first quarter of the season, you know, being under the belt and the Warriors kind of above expectations as far as where they sit in the standings, especially without um, Clay Thompson coming back. Very much above expectations. Um, Their defense, like you said, they're first in the league. They were 13th last year. So I think that's, that stands out to me as, as the easiest thing to just point out and be like, wow, they really made uh, an improvement in this area. And the fact that they're quite honestly looking like the best team in the league without Clay, without James Wiseman, uh, I just think it it makes them that much more real this season. They really want this championship. And the NBA, man, you know the NBA is all about narratives. Like we had when Kobe passed, we had the Lakers get one. Last year we had Giannis get one, the first one without a super team in a while. I feel like this year, man, that narrative of, of the dubs coming back into prominence and just coming and getting in Clay's first season back, that would be special. That would be that would be truly special. Yeah, most definitely. One thing that stands out for me that's pretty surprising for this Warriors team, especially without James Wiseman, is the Warriors currently ranked second in defensive rebounding and third in total rebounds. I didn't know that. That's wow. Yeah, so wow. it's been it's been real interesting. I mean, when you watch the games, for sure, you know, Aiton, you know, bullied them a little bit, but they've held their own against, you know, Clint Capella. Um, right. Yeah, I haven't really played, we haven't played Utah yet. I haven't played much of Denver. So, you know, I'm sure like the the Jokic's and Go Bears will punish down low, but so far it's been a committee by approach. Curry's always been an outstanding rebounder at the point guard position. Right. Uh, Wiggins, Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa, Draymond, everyone just kind of steps in there. But that's something that's kind of sneaky that that kind of caught my eye. The other thing is the Warriors currently ranked 20th in free throw shooting at a shade under 76%. That's wild. A little concerning considering uh, Curry and Poole both shoot over 90% from three. Um, now they're not a high volume free throw shooting team, but still you got to think for a team that does have its aspirations set on another championship that has to change. I mean, Wiggins has never been a great free throw shooter. 
Draymond last year was almost 80%. Um, he's been having some troubles. Looney's never been great, but he's low volume. But I think it's like the others, the the bench, the bench guys, Toscano Anderson, Damian Lee, Iguodala, like when they get to the line, they got to convert. That's, that's definitely going to be an issue if they don't write the ship, you know, throughout I mean, the rest I of think, the season. Yeah. yeah. I think that Iggy brings it down. He's probably the biggest, one of the bigger factors there, but also Iggy is kind of at the point in his career where he goes into playoff mode. He's just kind of, he doesn't really play during the regular season. So that's not something that super concerns me. Also, uh, Curry is an elite free throw shooter, but it's he's not a guy that gets to the line. Um, I don't think he's even in the top 10. I might be wrong on that, but he's it's not a huge part of his game. And like when you watch Steph play, one of my favorite reasons, like one of my favorite things about watching Steph play is he never tried to get those silly, I'm going to, jet like throw my head back and get to the line you know he, he doesn't really he doesn't try to draw those fake fouls like when he's getting up shots he's trying to like move around his defender as he's in the shooting motion because he doesn't want to get touched because he's that deadly um so i i just feel like that's maybe maybe not something to be too terribly concerned with uh with regards to their championship expectations yeah, totally. I agree with you there. I will say, though, definitely less this season, especially with, with the point of emphasis on the way that offensive players draw fouls. But I think last year, and I think the year before, you know, Curry missed most of the season, but we were seeing Curry do a little bit of the leg sticking out to draw fouls. Um, not Not like to the extent of James Harden or other players right. who were just over the top with that, but he was doing it a little bit because it, it is ridiculous how much he's held and grabbed and bumped off the ball or even oh, yeah. with the ball that, that it's not called. It's just oh, so yeah. egregious how much he gets roughed up and how hard it is for him to get to the line. I mean, I, when I'm watching games with my wife, I always point out his arms and I'm like, look, look at his arms. He has like scratches <laughs> and bruises. You don't really see it on camera, but yeah, he gets held. He, he gets roughed up for sure. Yeah. Another thing that's been amazing and a big part of this amazing start for the Warriors has been Andrew Wiggins and his three-point shooting. Yeah. I mean, coming off a career-high eight threes against Orlando, um, it's kind of, you know, Orlando's had a lot of injuries, a rebuilding team. So it's not like that was a close game, but still seeing Wiggins continue to improve definitely is a really good thing for the Warriors, uh, especially if he continues to be a floor spacer and not a volume shooter who's right. not known for stretching the floor. Right. Do you like, would you like, is the, are the Warriors your team? Yeah. Okay. How do you do you enjoy watching Andrew Wiggins? Like I know he's better this season, but like just big picture, do you think that I think that their biggest impediment to a championship is him? How do you feel about that? Interesting. Well, I like him significantly more than D'Angelo Russell. So I feel like it well, was a shrewd yeah. move to flip. Russell for him and what turned out to be Kaminga. Kaminga right. looks to have some tremendous upside and, you know, Kerr's kept him on a short leash, but he has definitely shown some flashes sure. and could very well develop to be 
an incredible piece of the future for this franchise. Wiggins has kind of been a Clay Thompson light minus the elite shooting. He shows up to work every day. He guards the other team's best perimeter wing defender. He's not, he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. He's happy to do the dirty work. There's been times where he's kind of faded and we've needed him to be more aggressive, which has been hard in some, some of the games that the teams dropped last year. I think this year he's been better about that, but I personally, I've enjoyed Andrew Wiggins. He he kind of, you need those guys who do the dirty work and can defend and play both sides. And I felt like he's done just that. Um, You know, sure. Maybe when you look at how much, how much um, over the tax limit the Warriors are and how much Wiggins <laughs> is getting paid. That definitely yeah. plays a role. But And we'll see what happens when Clay Thompson comes back. But you need elite wings, and you need guys who can guard Durant, LeBron, and he, he doesn't get injured. He shows up every day. And so when you have like Iguodala and Clay Thompson, guys who, and Otto Porter Jr., guys who are kind of maybe injur- injury prone or aren't going to suit up and play, you know, 35 plus minutes a night. He's that guy that you can throw out there and feel pretty comfortable him not making a ton of mistakes and right. being able to do what you need him to do. And I so think, the growth I'm, from the three point line has just been gravy. Yeah. I mean, but I feel like you're describing a role player and like he is a good role player, but this man's making 31.5 million. And if you look at the, just here's a list. Here's the people above him. Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic. Here's the people below him. Joel Embiid, CJ McCollum, Chris Paul. So, like, yeah, for sure. I, I totally like that's what that's that what we're thinking. Yeah. When I'm when I'm critical of Wiggins, he would be fine if he was paid as a role player. If he if he was paid half his salary, he'd be great. Um, I'm also a little bit concerned about how he's gonna perform on the big stage in the playoffs. We haven't seen that yet. Um, he's he's basically not seen that. I think he saw it once with Jimmy. I think yeah. that was his only time. Yep. Um, so that's... And playing last year, which kind of gave, gave him a taste. Right, right, right. No, I totally agree. He, he's an overpaid role player, but for the Warriors, he fits in per- perfectly. And I mean, if he continues shooting above 40% from three, maybe he proves that he's worth that money so it'll be interesting to see you know what they decide to do how they look when clay comes back but i could easily see them if they end up going to win to win it all to keep him around Uh, maybe not re-sign him for the same max contract you know if he he does want to stay but you it's really hard to go out and find those elite wings who can lock down the other team's best players, the Paul George, the Kawhi Leonard. Sure. And he's not to that caliber defensively, but he's more than more than enough to at least throw him out there and give him a shot and yeah. try and stop guys. Yeah. That makes sense. And we'll see what, how clay looks defensively when he comes back, if he is able to kind of um, recoup that job as we get closer to playoff time. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. I just really just wish the best for Clay. It's been a very long road for him. Um, and we've only seen two. I think the only other uh, example we have of someone suffering both a, an ACL tear and an Achilles tear, unfortunately, is DeMarcus Cousins, who just got back into the league. Um, so that's definitely a little bit concerning, but I'm, I'm hopeful with how we've seen uh, KD respond to the Achilles tear. I'm hopeful that 
that just the finesse and the smoothness of Clay's game will carry over because he's never been an athletic player. Like I remember watching him as rookie and sophomore year, missing layups on the break. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't dunk. China um, clay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's something I'm, I'm highly intrigued by, but uh pivot Jordan Poole, man, this guy, this guy credit to him for putting in the work because Honestly, the first two years watching him, he would just make me angry. <laughs> yeah, was, it was cringeworthy for sure. Yeah, he, he'd just make poor decisions. His, his shot was broken. But hey, this man, 17.9 points, 2.9 triples, 45, 45.2 from the field, 3.5 dimes and a steal. Man, this guy came to play this year. And I honestly didn't believe it through the preseason. I just was like, ah, oh, this is preseason stuff. I've, I've seen enough tape of this guy. He's proven me wrong. So I think he's he's one of the biggest pieces of this team. And yet another example of the Warriors' incredible management and through through the draft. Yeah, for sure. Not giving up. Um, you know, Warriors say that since since uh the COVID lockout and everything, Poole's been in the gym more than anyone else on the team. And it awesome. shows. So I I had Poole kind of pinged as a Dark Horse Six Man of the Year when you know Clay comes back and probably bumps him to the bench. Yeah, I'm interested to see his playmaking continue, especially when Jaden Wiseman comes back. I think they're going to run a lot of two man pick and roll style. Um, when Poole's out there and Curry's on the bench, Poole's kind of more like a combo guard in attack mode than like right. trying to set up others. But he is one of the few guys on the team other than Kaminga who can get downhill and get to the rim. Nobody else has the ability to create their shot like that. And it's yeah. really, it's really special to watch him attack and be able to pull up and shoot from three or from mid range, almost Curry esque at times. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned Wiseman. <laughs> this has been a frustration point for me this season. Yeah, what's uh, going on, man? <laughs> not a lot of updates from the team. Not a Expectations lot of seem to change week to week. We thought it was training camp, then it was November, then it was December. Now it's looking like 2022. Yeah, I did not love that update that we got on Tuesday. That <laughs> It's just not going to play this month, I guess. Um, what was it, a torn ACL? Or was it M- or was it a meniscus? A meniscus, yeah, meniscus. similar to Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury. So this is such a long time. I mean, maybe this is what players are doing now. You mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr. He took 15 months, but in the past, this is an injury that you know, eight months you're back, and, and it's it's not too huge of a deal. Now I don't know if he had it replaced, or if he had it repaired, or if he had it removed. Uh, repaired. Um, yeah, they did the surgery. Re- okay, repair the, route. the repaired is it's a longer timetable, but still, like they, they they were telling us camp, like they were telling us maybe the start of the season. It's feeling like a Jaron Jackson Jr. situation. Um, I had been stashing him. I think when they when they gave us the initial tease uh, that he was close and he he had been cleared for full pla- full practices, and not so much. I mean, I'm sending him back to the waiver wire in a few leagues disappointedly yeah i think it and it's more perplexing with how well the warriors have done and the fact that they've been successful on the glass so there isn't necessarily a rush to get him back 
Right. I wonder if there's some politics at play there. Steve Kerr's had some interesting quotes when he's asked about Wiseman kind of saying like, I don't know, the, the training staff will tell me when he's ready. Like I'm not checking in on him every day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know that the front office is really eager to get him out there and play to justify, you know, that number two pick. Yeah, He's got his extension looming and he's not cheap. And we've hardly seen him play. And what we've seen has been very mixed. I mean, right. I think he had a really strong debut as a rookie and then he really struggled and he's hardly had any reps. So you got to think that some time in the film room and on the bench and sitting next to Draymond and Iguodala this season and kind of getting that mental game up, which he was clearly lacking. Right. Uh, And he's got the body, he's got the size and the athleticism. So there's a lot there. I think we got to give them a shot and, and just be patient. Um, I'd like to to see what he can do, even if he doesn't end up being a big piece for this team this year. You know, maybe he gets out there for 10 minutes in like a JaVale role. Right. That would be great for this year. Throw down some lobs, just a guy that can pick up some fouls on defense, I guess, for now. I That's- mean, the Warriors are their best when Draymond's at the five. So we're not hurting to go out and get a center who can eat up 30 minutes a night. That's true. It's just rough to say that about the number two overall pick. Yep. <laughs> and um, I mean, I mean, this is this was always the risk. He played two games at Memphis um, and then he, he got injured his rookie year. We've seen him for 37 games. Um, Steve Kerr pulled him out of the starting lineup before he got that injury and uh, su- super short leash. It just, it's starting to feel like it was, um, it was a pick where you pick the most talented guy and not necessarily fit, which I agree with, but I want to see more from the, from the number two overall pick. I don't yeah. want to, re- I don't want to regret this one. Yeah, for sure. I think last season was a little interesting. There's definitely different, narratives going on from what Steve Kerr's expectations were coming into the season. He said, you know, Hey, James Wiseman's not going to start. He's not a starter. And then all of a sudden front office is like, not, you're going to start him and play him 25 plus minutes a night. And right. And that did not look good at all. So that was (laughs) kind of interesting to see that play out this year. It's a different story. You see the front office coaching staff and players, everyone's on the same page, you know, Steve Kerr, I like this Steve Kirk quote saying we're chasing wins this year, you know, when he last year was saying the opposite, that they're not chasing wins. So right. you got to think that they're going to at least put him in situations to be successful rather than just throw him out there to play and see what happens because we are chasing wins. We are chasing seedings. We don't yeah. want to be in the playing game. You know, you'd like to see the Warriors finish on top of the West. That would be nice. Yeah. Or at least top three. Yeah, definitely not that play-in tournament. I don't want to say right. that. <laughs> uh, so another interesting segue into that, um, you know, Indiana Pacers <laughs> been linked to some rumors saying that they're trying to blow it up. They want to rebuild. Miles Turner, Sabonis, Karis Levert, you know, guys are on, guys are on the trade block. So I want to hear your thoughts on... Those guys, do you think they make sense on the Warriors? Would you like to see the Warriors try and shake it up a little bit with some of their pieces, whether that's Wiseman or Kaminga or Wiggins or whatever that might be? I guess if it was sacrificing young pieces that aren't playing for someone like Miles Turner, who would make sense in Oakland, or sorry, San Francisco now, um, 
but I'm not sure that they make a trade like that just because they're playing so well. Uh, you don't really want to mess with the chemistry there. So while on paper, I would like Miles Turner to be on the roster. Um, I think that you would have to give up a lot. You'd have to probably give up Wiseman, Kuminga, and Pick. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm way massively over the moon on Miles Turner, but I just feel like that's that's what Indiana would look for. Um, but he would make sense there. I mean, yeah. So I don't know because you know Indiana coming out and saying that they want to trade, they want to rebuild. So you have to think that the Warriors have a little bit more leverage here. I think that Wiseman Kaminga plus a pick is just too much. Personally. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But at the same time, you know, I mentioned earlier, the Warriors don't need a center who's going to play 30 minutes, and Turner is not a good rebounder. So I, I totally get what you're saying on paper. It seems like, hey, bring Miles Turner to the Warriors, and you've got this elite rim protector, floor spacer who can get yeah. come out and shoot threes. But he's he totally disappears on offense at times. He can go off for 30 and hit seven threes in one game. And then in the next get a layup and that's it. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't help you clear boards on the glass. And Don't you think that's fine though on a team like this, maybe, but if you're looking to, if you're looking kind of like apples to apples comparison, like Wiseman's ceilings higher. Yeah, you're right. About so that. if you, if you're looking at, the JaVel McGee slot where you're just looking to roll out a guy for 10 to 15 minutes a night, is Turner even going to want to accept a role where he plays no, less than 25 minutes and Turner's getting paid a lot. He's got, a, he's got a lot of money, you know, he's not cheap either. So what does that mean right. for cap space? Um, you know, they probably have to move Kavon Looney as well, um, like a Looney Wiseman package. And then you're just left with very minimal depth. Right. So it's hard, yeah, because you just on paper you're like, man, Turner, elite rim protector, three point shooter, pick and pop. The options are limitless, but I don't think that they'll pull the trigger either. And you know, the Warriors owner Joe Lacob has come out and said a few times, the only way he's going to trade young pieces is for you know one of the top ten players in the league, like a Bradley yeah. Beal or Paul George or somebody who just like undeniably moves the needle. Um, Sabonis would be interesting because he's more of a true big, but then Sabonis isn't known to be a good defensive player himself. So he doesn't really fit the Steve Kerr system. I don't know if he works alongside Draymond because he's basically the same. same. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then Karis Levert, I don't think that really makes sense either. There's too too much guard and wing depth on the Warriors. Yeah. For what he's getting paid and and the role so yeah it's interesting now i think if if the pacers were more desperate and they were like turner for wiseman straight up or or even something like turner plus a pick for wiseman and then just something to make the to make the money work out where they're offering way more than they should I think that the Warriors would consider it, but I don't think that they're going to sack because they're like, already thinking like five years down the road. Like right. he's not worried about we're wasting Steph Curry's prime. I, I think Curry's going to play in the league for another five years. And oh, I don't think yeah. there's going to be a significant drop off from, I am, I am with you there. I think that Curry can play till he's 40 something. And I think he yeah. can be really good. 
Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar also played into his 40s. No, no one talks about the real GOAT, Kareem, but he played until his 40s because he had, he had a finesse game. He was also yeah. really tall. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was an all-star at 41. I don't see any reason why Curry wouldn't be able to shoot a clips that. I mean, Vince Carter played till he was 40. Right. Curry could do it. Most of his work's off the ball. You know, so I, I see it. So yeah, if you get, if Wiseman, I mean, all it takes is Wiseman comes back in 2022 and in like a 10 to 15 minute role, all of a sudden he's like a 10 and 10 guy because he's just, everything's at the rim and the defense is simplified for him because he's actually playing with complementary pieces and he's being given more basic tasks to execute than like, Hey, go be the starting center and play for 30 minutes a night. Right. I mean, this whole narrative changes immediately. Like, oh, the Warriors are so shrewd for their patience and not getting baited <laughs> into a deal. So it's just like, it's too early to tell. There isn't enough sample size of data to, to really get a read on Wiseman because what we've seen has been really disappointing. And I think, you know, Kerr compared him to David Robinson in the mm. future. And so if that's like the ceiling we're looking for, like giving that away for a Miles Turner, eh, I don't know if it does it for me. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I think just stay the course. Cool, man. Um, so we got 14 of the next 19 games on the road for the Warriors. Are you feeling like this 20 and 4 start is sustainable? Or you think that they've been playing a little bit over their capacity, like having an easy record, not playing some of the more elite teams like Miami or Milwaukee or Denver, et cetera. Um, where do you, you kind of see them finishing? Uh, I mean, if you're asking that, I think they're going to lose more than four games probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what um, about that pace? Like what would that put them at? Kind of like, uh, I, I just, I feel like they could realistically be the number one seed. They're playing incredibly well without all their pieces. I mean, they're playing incredibly well when Steph Curry hasn't even played well in some of these wins. I think that's like one of the most important things. It's, it's very team, very team focused. And if you're just adding someone like Clay Thompson um, and maybe Wiseman makes the developmental leap that we're hoping for, I don't know why they couldn't be a number one seed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100% agree. That That's the biggest takeaway for me. Curry hasn't even played like, it's not like Curry's playing like he did at the end of last season where it was 35 plus a night shooting right. lights out. I mean, yeah, he's had games where he's done that. He's also had games where he's struggled and yeah. they still come out with a win. The bench has been playing really well. It's Jordan Poole. It's Toscano Anderson. It's Gary Payton II. It's Love that Otto Porter Jr. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah all, I think all, 60 awesome plus wins, yeah. I think, is totally within the realms of, of reasonable. And we haven't even seen when Clay comes back. So forget what Clay does defensively, just add in another elite three point shooter. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone's scared. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to play the Warriors. Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been great. I think that's all. We've got time for today. Thank you so much, Jared. Glad to have you here. And um, maybe we'll check in a little bit later, midway point of the season and see where some of our predictions have gone. And hopefully, you know, Wiseman will have debuted by then and we'll have a little bit more to talk about. Cool. Uh, thanks for having me on, Sam. Great talk. 
just a reminder, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thank you for listening to the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Once again, I'm Sam Orlick, and you can follow me on Twitter at SD Orlick. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.